You're listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes, where you'll hear real stories of the journey to modern manhood told by the men who lived them. Raw, real, and 100% unapologetic. And now, here is your host, Eric Rogel. Hey, this is Eric Rogel, and thanks for joining us on Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes. This is where each week you'll hear real stories of the journey to modern manhood told by the men who live them. And this is also where you'll hear members of the Roundtable. And this is a group of men who are committed to their growth and to the growth of others. And I bring them in to discuss a previous episode and talk about the insights they had and what they're going to take away from hearing our guest story. So this week, I got the guys together to talk about my interview with MJ Gottlieb. That interview was my last one. It was for episode 19 and was titled, Screw Failure, Turn It Into the Key to Your Success. And it's a really enlightening interview. It's uh, centered around MJ's personal business failures and how he's used them to create a successful business. So if you haven't heard it yet, go give it a listen. Now, most of the men on the roundtable are business owners and entrepreneurs, so I wanted to get their take on how their own failures have helped them in their lives. Now, understand these men are used to and are very willing to take a long, hard look at their mistakes, but MJ also brought up some points on building thick skin, like handling rejection like a champ and not letting the opinions and comments of others take you down. And he also talked about the ruthlessly elegant benefits of being direct and saying no when you mean no. And I I wanted to get their take on that as well. So the men joining me for today's roundtable are John Archer, and he used to work in uh, corporate, but he's now an entrepreneur. He's got several businesses, and uh, he's also a key member of the WLKH podcast team. We also have Alex Borges, a former combat Marine who now teaches warrior workshops. We have Mark Haney, who was in corporate sales. He was a top corporate sales trainer, and now he's a life mastery coach. We also have Tom Byrne, an entrepreneur, former CEO, and a business advisor. Um, and we have Barry Weinberg, a chiropractor and a self-discovery life mastery coach himself. We're going to open our roundtable discussion today with Mark talking about how failure is not the opposite of success. You know, it's... It was a very interesting interview because I coach a lot of entrepreneurs and things like this. And the thing that is that we constantly go over is that failure is part of success. I was talking with one guy one day and I said, you know, failure is not the opposite of success. It's actually part of success. And the way you embrace it you know, whether it's, whether it's fear or pain or whatever, stop looking at those as negatives and look at those as part of the process, that it's going to steer you in the right direction. And I really liked what he was saying about courage, you know, because courage is necessary and to overcome this stuff. I mean, you have got to have I mean, giant balls if you want to go start yeah. your own business. And well, courage you know, and I, commitment too, Mark, but it's commitment too, right? It's not only oh, doing it and sticking with it. what keeps you going. All over the place. Money is not going to do it. Money is not an ideal. That's what I was saying today. Money is not an ideal. It's an outcome. It's a result. But it's like, what are the ideals that you want to feel? And then what is your commitment to achieving that? Yeah. And the courage to go do it. I walked away from my corporate job in 2010. 
and I was making fantastic money. And I had all of the things that I had come up hearing were what will fulfill you. And yet I had all of this and I was left unfulfilled. And it's like, so walking away from that, going into entrepreneurship, it would have been great to have heard this that first year. Going through the process is doing several businesses and trying different things that did not succeed. It wasn't at no point that I say, well, I'm just going to go back. Sure. I would have those down moments. The grass is always greener. I'm just going to go back to, you know, working for whoever and just getting the money. But that's short lived because as soon as I see a guy in an elevator wearing his, his suit and he can't put his phone away, it's like, oh, I remember those days. But the beautiful thing about the failure is I just found out that I wasn't as committed to those as what I needed to be to make it successful. If I was, it would be successful. So Mark, you get the experience of the failure and the experience of what, you know, certain outcomes exactly. are, depending on what you do. And that's the valuable part of it. Yeah. I read an article yeah. today that was called uh, 15 craziest ideas that made millions. Cause I always thought like, well, that was a bad idea. No, it's commitment because they were talking about the pet rock. A guy was able to sell rocks as a pet. You go outside and pick one up, but no, people bought it. You guys don't know like that was Tom Byrne, by the way. You don't know that, right? That was Tom's big Yeah, one. that was all me. That was all Tom. <laughs> well, I, I want that original pet rock, Tom. <laughs> you guys are old enough, or most of you are anyway, to remember when they started selling bottled water. The water comes from the tap. Nobody's going to pay for this. But it's like when you're committed... It, it's not the idea, it's what's your commitment to making it happen. That's what causes the big changes, and those are the big success stories in the world. I think I had a, a couple of really good points. Um, one is, you know, when you talk about failure, um, you really can't have any regrets if you give it your all. I mean, if you leave it all on the field and you fail, you really just can't have regrets. You have to look at it from a learning perspective. I think the other thing that was, that was really cool about NJ, and, and you see this and how he's read, how he's looking at other entrepreneurs for guidance and how he does the same for young entrepreneurs is, again, this kind of notion of don't ask about the successes, mm -hmm. ask about the failures, but also ask about the pivots. And, and, you know, that really strikes me as an entrepreneur is, Rarely do you start a business or really anything in life where the trajectory is a straight line. If, exactly if, as you plan. Exactly. For those who have been successful, you've pivoted the business. That you know something doesn't work out, but if they uh, that ability to stop, restructure, change course, that's the mark of success. And and, and that again, uh, going back to, to MJ, is this this relentless pursuit of looking at how others have succeeded and failed and how they pivoted and then bringing it back into his life and his career is, is I thought it was really awesome. I agree. And it's, it's, it's that ability to not be too attached to the outcome, right? Because if you're just passionate about something and that was one of his main points was what do you love to do? What's your passion? What's your purpose? Because if you're focused on that, then this, the line doesn't have to be straight. Right. It can go all over as long as you're getting to that ultimate goal.
Yeah, it, it's that's where the pivot comes, though. The commitment. If I don't have the commitment or if I don't feel the outcome, not necessarily what it's going to look like exactly, but the solution, right, taking form, if I don't have the commitment to the idea to begin with, I won't pivot. As soon as something goes wrong, I'm because he was talking about plan A and plan B. As mm-hmm. soon as plan A doesn't happen, I'm not going to pivot. I'm going to be on to the next plan. So I love this point about, you know, he says, don't have a plan B, stay on plan A. It's, it, it, it's all about that commitment. Sure. And but allow yourself to be flexible enough to be able to pivot a little bit and change course as you need to, but still get yourself to that same goal. Oh, 100%. You've got to be able to pivot because you're going to learn. That's what the failures are going to show you. I want to go this way, but that's not working. Well, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to pivot. And I'm going to go this way. I'm going to veer off this way and take it this direction. But the, the outcome, the major overall objective, like with him, was with helping um, those with addiction. Who knows what it's going to look like, but he's going to help those with addiction. Right. Yeah, exactly. John, what were you going to say? You were going to jump in, right? Yeah, two things that jumped out for me, especially with some of the stuff I'm doing in sales. And one of them was this whole notion of the have you got your quota for rejections? Uh, oh, yeah, I, thought, that I thought that was just awesome. It's like, uh, <laughs> and the, the same person who, who won the rejections also won the highest sales. Okay, I get it. And then also the part where he just talked about being honest in business. Like, look, I have this thing. I'm, I'm talking to you about something. I want to do business with you. You know, are you in or are you out? Make a decision. Let's go. And, and all oh, this that's time. What he was saying get to know as fast as possible exactly and then just like get to the point just be real let's get to the point how much more efficient could we be in business if we cut out all that little game that you play with somebody and just like look here's what i got i'm gonna answer your questions i can help you out with anything you need but okay are you in or out done and i can feel where i actually hit that point with some of the sales that i'm doing with people i would i would kind of fall into that trap of oh they'll call me back next month or i'll better follow up with them and you know there's only so much of that you need to do and I actually now, when I talk to people, I, I almost say that, are you, are you in or are you out? And it yeah, makes it so much more real. I'm respecting that person's time. They can respect me. I'm not going to take it personally. Okay, great. Let's move on to the, to the people I can focus on more. Yeah. And I think I said this during the interview when I was talking to him and it was about how I felt for me, oh, I'm just being nice to them. I'm, 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 I'm saving their feelings by not just saying, no, dude, I don't really, I can't use this or. I'm not going to do business with you or I can't do that favor for you. You know, I'm, I'm feeling I'm being the nice guy, but it, you're really not because you're just dragging this fucking thing out much longer and keeping them on the line. And when you can get to that no or get to that, hey, just not going to work for me. It's actually you're being that much more genuine and authentic with the person. You're actually doing them a favor. Yeah, and I, I can't reach my quota for rejections if I don't get the answer real quick, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I got to get this quota for rejections, yes or no, let's go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or a lot of times I may string somebody along just because when you do like a hard sell on somebody, when somebody's doing a hard sell, when somebody's doing that on me, I get uncomfortable, and instead of being clear and direct about just saying no, then where I end up going to is just trying to push – push them off and then when they call back just not respond and it's like just not having I love what John was saying about just man just say no and 
as the as the guy doing the selling, that's really what I want to hear is do you want to move forward or not? Yeah. Yeah, I can almost feel it around buying drinks for a girl at the bar. Right? I'm gonna keep sit here and spend money and keep buying and keep buying and keep buying. But if you say no at the end of the night, rather than saying no at the beginning of the night, it saves me a lot of time and energy and I can move on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make an analogy. Just to make uh, great I, analogy. Great I'm analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, what do you got? I found this interview so refreshing to hear a guy who is such a success talk about how it's just failure gets you there, you know, and making those mistakes and, and fucking up and, and stepping up and learning from the mistakes. And it really got me reflecting on my life and how it applied and you know i've been in business 25 years in my chiropractic practice a place for healing and you know being in business 25 years you got to do new things and keep it fresh or you know you could get burnout so you know i'm constantly trying new things and i have been and some of them work and some of them don't and you learn from the ones that don't and you move you put your energy into the ones that do but if you don't try it you never know and i like what tom said if you give it your best you can't dwell on the failures because if you're giving your best you can't do better than that <laughs> you, know? yeah. you do better than that next time but at the moment if that's your best that's your best i was also reflecting on guitar playing it's, i've been working for the last like three weeks on the comfortably numb final solo which has <laughs> eluded me for years do these riffs and you fuck it up and you fuck it up and you fuck it up and you just keep going at it until, whoa, I just did it. You know, and that's life. You just keep going at it and try different things, try different methods. And in the process of failing, you get stronger, you build muscle, you learn. Yeah. You wisdom. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's what it's all about. For me, we talk about some of that. It brings up like in marketing, we talk about split test or A-B test where you put up two variations of something. One's going to win, one's going to lose. And then you know the answer. The answer is, well, this one works, right? There's no yeah. attachment to either one. It's just this one works. I'm going to try them. I know one of them is going to fail and one of them is going to win. And if you look at it from that perspective and everything that you do, you're always learning and moving forward, learning and moving forward. And that's what I think the failure is in this, in this instance. Absolutely. If you stay where you are, you are just living from your known. Mm -hmm. and you set a goal, you set a vision for something bigger than you. What's the gap between where you are and being there? It's that unknown. And if you don't know, you don't know. Mm -hmm. So you got to step into that. You'll feel fear. You feel discouragement. You feel frustration. But you keep plowing through that. Keep holding your attention on that ideal. And, and all of a sudden, that unknown is your known. You know? yeah. That's the only way to get yeah. there. Yep. You know, just, just to point out the, the benefit that I can tell you that it, specifically Barry's getting out of the podcast is he got two promos in his response, one for a place for healing and one for his band. So, yeah, kudos there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. Bold. Bold. But, you, but you know, there was, a, there was a really good point there that you were making because about getting into the unknown. Because it's like, and there was a quote, but basically, if I'm gonna, if I do the same thing every day, I can't expect different results. So many times before I want to take a step forward, I want to have all the answers. I want to know that it's gonna work, 
and I want to have as much information as I can, and that becomes paralyzing, and it makes me stay still. Until somebody tells me it's a good idea, or I know everything I need to know about how to market it, and, and I don't move. Look at the podcast. What did any of us know about doing a podcast? Just get out there. You'll figure it out as you go, and you'll learn what you need to learn and what you don't. Then you get the help from somebody to do it. But the key is to, like we said earlier, have the courage to take that step into the unknown and then start finding solutions as you need them. Yeah, it's the fear of failure is what keeps you in place right? Being afraid of failing just keeps you from doing anything. So you're stuck in stasis if you don't take those risks. And you look back, yeah, yeah, you look back on your life. I can look back and and maybe it's not in business. So it's funny how when we attach money to it, that fear becomes paralyzing because I didn't know how to ride a bike. I didn't know how to ask a girl out on a date. I didn't know how to drive a car. When I first got my car, man, that thing took a, it took a lot of fender benders. You feel confident, you try new stuff, and whoops, didn't see that coming, you know? And yeah, see that again. Like we do it over and over again in other areas of our life, but then we want to compartmentalize everything when it comes to business. I cannot fail, I have to have these ideas, and I can speak personally, for me, is that that becomes, those failures become of like an outer referral of, I don't want people to see me as a failure. So I can only let them see me doing something when it's a success. I don't want people to see my failure. And that's just silly. Well, that's a part of what we talked about with MJ when I said to him, you know, he was saying, and I think specifically with uh, Damon John, where he just likes to talk about his success because he doesn't want to be a failure, seen as a failure. And yep. he was like, no, man, the, the failure is the good shit. That's the stuff we really need to see. Mm. That's the stuff people want to see. That's what moves everybody forward is, is yeah. that failure. And if I see you create tons of success and you tell me about how many times you failed, then that can encourage others to keep going. Yeah, I'm way more motivated it. at that point. Yep. Yep. Along those lines, I think the other you know, really key message is asking for help. You know, as, as men, I think we have this stigma of asking for help is weakness. You know, there's the, uh, you know, the joke about men not asking directions. But I think yep. the key thing that, you know, he talked about was, I need help. Those words that helped him. And if you don't do that in business, often your business fails. But his other example, if you don't do that, when you have addiction, you can end up dead. Uh, And just having that comfort of saying, hey, you know what, like Mark was saying, I don't know everything. I need help in getting that support is just really critical. And I think often men are reluctant to do that, where I think sometimes it's a lot uh, easier or for women or the female. Yeah. Once you ask for help and admit that you need it and someone that knows better gives it to you, you're often moving rather than, you know, being stuck in the, I don't know, I can't find it. What do I do? Silly. It's just ridiculous. You know, yeah, when you and mentor with somebody else, you, when you mentor with somebody else, you can learn from their mistakes and not make the same mistakes they made. You know, why go through that? Why reinvent Exactly. The you minimize your mistakes, the number of failures you'll have by, engaging some help or advice from others. Yeah, learn from their failures. 
for me, I've been pretty heavy on um, one because I'm training other individuals here for a short amount of time and learning a lot. So I'm also training myself. So what came up for me, it's, well, I'm training a dog also. I got a lot of, uh, I'm getting a lot from the dog. My point is around this is like, it's also training our own psyche. And when you're training a dog, you teach them to sit. As soon as their ass hits the ground, you say yes. And it's like a big emphatic, like, yes, awesome, good job. And the no corrections when they're not doing it right are a lot more subtle. Like, no, 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 that's not it. They do it right. The emphatic is more yes. You know, when I'm feeling around all these failures and training my own psyche, a lot less emphasis because right now in my life, you know, if I came up on a failure or a challenge, I'd be like, God damn it, son of a bitch. How come you didn't see that? You know what I mean? I didn't see that coming. I should have seen it coming. I really beat myself up over it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas well, this model builds a much more healthy psyche, like, nope, let's correct. And then really just celebrating the wins even more. It's a better balance for my own life. Like, okay, challenge. Nope, that wasn't quite the right thing. Adjust into the right thing. Yes, back on the win. Sweet, let's get it. You know what I mean? And the momentum of the wins for me is a lot more. So there was another, the lady that started, she's uh, started like Spanx. One thing she said when I asked her about success, she's like, oh, well, my dad would sit us down at the dinner table and ask us, what did you fail at today? And not necessarily, oh, what'd you do good today? You want to hear about the A's and all the good grades and all that stuff. He was adamant about, well, what'd you learn from today? What did you fail at? Oh, sweet. Awesome. So you won't do that tomorrow. And just got her used to, like, facing challenges and being okay with it. It's a very healthy development of our own psyches, which has turned around now. And we all had our get-rich-quick schemes. Oh, I'm going to go to California gold rush. I'm going to pan out gold or or something of that nature. And I'm going to start this Internet company. I'll be an overnight success, you know. And these stories are highly advertised. And they're .1% percent of one per point one percent of of actually is an overnight success the majority of all success is challenge adjust win challenge adjust win challenge adjust win you know so that's what i got from it yeah and what i'm feeling around it too alex when we were talking about you know from the, the psyche point of view and not beating yourself up and once failure becomes normal and acceptable and and is part of the growth process it takes all the stigma off of it you're not afraid of it anymore. You're not shamed by it anymore. It's, oh, all right, failed, learned, move forward. It's fine. Everything's cool. Just keep going. Yeah, because it's all imaginary anyways, meaning there's a stigma around failure. Like, oh, I don't want people to see me as a failure. Well, until you're a success, we're all failures. <laughs> Stigma's gone. Everybody's in the failure. We all start off in the failure plot. <laughs> now what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Go make something happen. If you look at failure as part of the process and no stigma, then... You're not a failure. You're just succeeding your way through. Yeah, that's a great point. I learned, uh, I read another book and I forget the name. Somebody was super successful in the 70s and 80s, a Warren Buffett type, if you will. And he wrote a book, How to Lose $100 Million, because everybody was asking him to write a book about success. And that was his outcome of it. Like, yeah, well, everybody sees that. But in culmination, I've also lost $100 million. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a huge tuition. That's a hundred million dollar tuition right. not to be a success, right? Now he's sitting on half a billion or something. He's a right. 500 plus million. So are you willing to pay a hundred million for 500? It's not a bad trade-off, but the psyche or the average person to fail and lose that much. I mean, look at Wall Street when something crashes, they're like jumping out of windows and stuff. You know what I mean? Yep. 
Yeah. Well, I think Jared Elmar said that back in his interview when, you know, when the, when the uh, real estate crashed and a lot of the guys that he knew that made millions in real estate and then they lost it during 08, 09 into 10, they gave up because they figured, oh, this was a sign or I was just lucky the first time or I don't know how to do it. But then it came roaring back. And if you stuck with it, you made even more money because you learned what not right. to do, right? So all values. Yeah. So guys, what are you taking from what MJ had to say? What, what are you going to integrate into your own lives going forward? Eric, for me, just to stay on this point that Alex was touching on around putting more emphasis on the yes, less on the no. And, and Barry kind of said it earlier that this interview was refreshing. And I kind of connected with that because what I felt after listening to it was a really light feeling around failure and mm -hmm. almost giving myself a license to fail. Uncovering all of that fear, the lack of faith, the questioning, et cetera. And hey, it's real, it's normal. Uh, it's just what I need to succeed. And just kind of losing all of this, I think you just said it, Eric, the stigma on failure. It just felt very light, very refreshing. Lost a lot of that resistance and you know, bad feelings around failure and just feel much more on top of it now, like let's go. And you know, even when you're talking about failure, even the rejection, because he talked about rejection too, right? When you talk about get to know fast, it was, you know, there's no stigma on rejection. If you say no, cool, it's no, I'm moving on to the next, but at yep. least I know, right? So yeah, a lot of that for me too, on, on getting that stigma off the rejection. Tom, what'd you get? What are you uh, taking with you? I think the takeaway for me is coming back to the, the notion of mentoring. And one of the things that he mentioned at the, at the end, a couple things. One is that his passion is to give hope to the hopeless. And also this notion that you're as powerful as your story. I think, again, we've talked so much about the hero's journey and, and how if you're dealt the shitty hand, that can be your greatest asset because you're, because you're able to overcome. And so through all of that is the takeaway for me is to kind of share my 30 years in business much more with people and where I succeeded, but more importantly, where I failed, where I pivoted and you know, just share that learning and kind of pass it forward for other people to benefit from. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I can really feel that to lend those failures and share those failures is again, the, the courage it takes to do that is just tremendous. So that's going to be fantastic, Tom. So, uh, it sounded like a yeah, plug for Tom to be on the, uh, on the podcast here. Uh, I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, we've already started one. Uh, right, the <laughs> book, right? I, yeah, we, we started an interview. We have to finish that interview, Tom, at some point. We got to do that. Yeah, we do. You know, because I'm still reeling from this whole MTV thing that you brought up in one of the other episodes. And oh yeah. Like, Tom was involved in MTV, what? <laughs> oh, next is going to say he uh, invented the internet. <laughs> no, that, that, that was Al Gore. That was Al Gore, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Alex, what are you taking with you? A lot less gravity or judgment for sure. It's been said a few times, but a lot less gravity on what I would call failure. Uh, I started integrating it into my life already in the way of I was driving somewhere and I kind of spaced out for a second and I missed the exit off the highway and old self immediately started beating myself up like, ah, it's going to take me an extra 20 minutes. What the hell was I doing? So silly. And I just calmed down and said, hey, it's all right. I got to this location and there were other people there. I ended up being one of the first ones there. And everybody's like, man, how'd you get here so quick? Come to find out there was a construction, an accident on the one exit. And uh, everybody was jammed up in this big traffic jam. And that what I thought was a mistake I was beating myself up for was the perfect path. 
So I'm pretty intense person. For me, I'm relaxing on what I think it should look like and just constantly staying focused on the next adjustment, winning, adjustment, winning, adjustment, winning, and way more emphatic on, uh, way more excited about the yeses, way more excited about the yeses. That's what I'm taking away from it. Great. Awesome. Mark, what about you? Conceptually, it's easy to say, oh, as an entrepreneur, I'm aware that failure is part of it. What I really took away from this guy was it was, I always want to focus on the win and less focus on the failure. And what I love about his approach was he put all the focus on the failure. Even with the example, I think uh, John brought it up around the sales. Get this many no's. When he was talking about that, I opened up the computer and I just typed in touchdown to interception uh, ratio or something. And it's, it is the guys in the NFL with the most touchdowns they have the most interceptions yep. because, and I remember a story on Brett Favre and Brett Favre just says, every time I get the ball, people say I'm a gunslinger, but he said, every time I get the ball, I believe I'm going to get it to him. So I throw it <laughs> and he would, he would throw an interception and he would come right back out and make that same throw again because he believed he could do it. And that's where your greatness really shines. They weren't afraid of the failure. So my takeaway is, just more, not, not focusing on failure, but just looking and accepting failure as much as a part of the process as winning. I can't win. You can't have good without bad. I can't have success without failure. They go hand in hand. And instead of putting a limiting judgment or belief on failure, just accepting that more as a positive and that it's going to allow me to pivot or to do something different or as alex said to adjust this is how i learn what doesn't work as much as success shows me what does work yeah. and so for me it's just more focus on the viewpoint of success and failure work together to create the ultimate ideal of what i want to create Failure is a function of success, or success is a function of failure. They go hand in hand. Absolutely. You can't have one without the other. Right? Yeah, you can't have good without bad. Yeah. Well, I was feeling around that, Eric, just I guess it just came up as Mark was talking around this kind of uh, refreshing feeling around it. I just also could feel like as he was talking and describing this, he was totally okay with it. You could just feel him the way he was talking about failure. He was being what he was saying, and it was very powerful. Barry, tell me what you're taking. Yeah, I'm just really feeling um, what everybody just said, how, you know, what things do I have on a list that have been sitting there that I haven't done, whether it's for my business or something new because uh, that ain't going to work or I don't know how to do it or whatever, where there's some kind of limitation that's preventing me from taking that action. Just step into it. Like uh, Mark Stern said on a previous podcast, throw that shit up against the wall. And know that it may not work and that's okay. And then do the next thing. Just to be bold and to be fearless and to step out into the unknown courageously and, and take those risks and something good will come out of it. Oh yeah, something good will always come out of it, right? Because even if you don't look at it as turning it into a success, anytime you learn or experience something for the positive, it's gonna move you forward somewhere, maybe not on that particular project, but it'll move you forward somewhere in your life. You'll be Absolutely. able to take that experience with you 
and do something with it down the road. So you can't lose. You can't lose when you accept failure that way and you look at it as I'm going to learn something and move forward. You know, I've been a mechanic most of my life and it just hit me. It's like you could have somebody build uh, the best engine ever, but then there's another guy that tunes that to get the maximum horsepower and efficiency and effectiveness to it. And I'm just seeing what's called as a failure. It's like, man, I'm just tuning my life, you know, like what adjustments do I have to make? Do I run a little richer, a little leaner, a little bit different timing, something like that. It's just as simple mechanically as uh, adjusting a motor and, and transmission to get the maximum effect out of it. It's a lot less personal that way. I want to thank all the men who joined me for the roundtable today. And I believe the common theme for us is that failure is definitely part of success, especially when you take the lessons and experience that you got and you use that to move you forward. And, and also that making failure light or making it normal removes that stigma from it, takes the shame away from it, and it allows us to use it as fuel to power forward into success. And another one I think also is, is to ask for help when you need it, to seek out the right mentors who can help you overcome challenges and avoid the mistakes that they've made so you can achieve your goals faster. And all of this is key on keeping you focused on the win, because when you're always focused on the win, you hit your goals rather than give up on them. So now I want to hear from you. What are you taking away uh, from that episode? What insights did you get from the roundtable that you didn't necessarily get when you listened to the episode the first time? I want you to let me know. You can find me on social media. The links are on our website. It's WLKHpodcast.com. Just click over there and leave a comment for us. And also, remember to subscribe so that you get every episode sent to you as soon as it airs. And remember to rate us and leave a review and comment. And most importantly, like I say, every episode, make sure to share this with men you know will get value from it. I want to thank you for listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes today. I'm Eric Rogel, and I'm honored to be with you, to be your brother on your hero's journey. I'll talk to you next time. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.